With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Close your eyes. Give me your hand, darling. Do you feel my heart beating? Do you understand? Hi, this is Josh Hallmark, and I'm your host on this musical journey called Playlist. Each week, I'll be hanging out with some of our favorite podcasters, curating playlists for different themes. This week's theme is The First Cut is the Deepest, the songs that we fell in love with as children. Tonight, I'm playing music with... I'm Ali from Insight. Uh, Insight is a true crime podcast. We come out weekly. We discuss missing person, unsolved crime, and... Sometimes solve crime if it has some kind of change in society as far as legislation and stuff goes. You can find me at on Facebook. We have a page and a group. We have a website, which is insightpod.com. We're on Instagram at insightpod. We are, and we're on Twitter at insightfulpod. Uh, I'm Chris Green. You may also know me as the TOEF. I host the Gravity Beer podcast, which is a variety show with interviews and discussions on a wide range of topics. We don't take ourselves too seriously, so it's generally pretty light fare. Uh, we're also experimenting with new ideas. Some say it's a bit of a box of audio chocolate. So we've had all kinds of different people on the show, from viral YouTube stars to child, former child actors. Uh, in fact, we've even had Josh Hallmark uh, on the show before. Actually, we've had him on the show before he was famous, and uh, <laughs> and when the podcast version of the Karen Ellen Letters was just a glimmer in his eye, so uh, and that was uh, several months ago. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Podbean, uh, any other place that you uh, look for podcasts by searching Gravity Beard, all one word. Uh, we're on Twitter at The Gravity Beard. We also have a Facebook page, but I'd rather direct you to the Underdog Podcast community. We set that up for creators and fans of independent podcasts. Uh, we also have a Patreon page, and you can join Clay Groves of the Fish Nerds Nation uh, and support us there. Uh, thanks to Clay for being our first patron. So uh, that's me, and that's our show. I'm Jess, and I host the Kiwi Crimes podcast, and I discuss missing persons and murder cases from New Zealand. You can find me everywhere you get your podcasts. Um, you can find me on Facebook. Just search Kiwi Crimes uh, you can search Kiwi Crimes Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you'll find me there. Well, thanks for joining me. Chris, I didn't know I was famous. Does that mean I should start expecting the checks to roll in? Oh, I think you know you're famous. <laughs> <laughs> well, in honor of uh, tonight's theme, or for the girls this morning's theme, uh, I am drinking the first bottle of wine I ever drank as a tender 19-year-old. It's a Bellagio Chianti um, that I got at Buca de Beppo's. 
And I, I guess I just busted them for serving minors. What's everyone else sipping on? <laughs> um, this morning, because it's 11am here, I am drinking a Waipada Hills Riesling. And in honour of being young, I'm drinking the cheapest bottle of wine I could find. Yeah, well, while I do enjoy a, a delicious glass of wine, I'm actually having what I'm more known for, which is uh, ice water. <laughs> but uh, but I'm but I but I'm mixing it with dried chickpeas and uh, pistachios. So I'm more of a snacker than a drinker. Oh, I thought you were mixing I thought, these things. I thought it was in your drink. Yes, yeah, so did I. <laughs> <laughs> nope, no, but that sounds adventurous. Maybe I should give that a try. Well, I'm drinking uh, Diet Coke because I had a big night last night and I'm a bit hungover. <laughs> But um, I, yeah, normally my first drink was, <laughs> first time I ever got drunk, I was, I think I was 16, 17, and it was my grandmother's port. I can't even smell port now. It makes me want to throw up. I'm the same with gin. I can't smell gin because that was my first hangover and I just can't yep. do it. Same here. Gin, yeah. Well, Ali, you played us in. Why don't you tell us about your song? Okay, so my song is Eternal Flame by the Bengals. So I picked um, that song because it was the first song I ever really loved, first song I learnt all the words to. My sister and I used to sing it together. I had to sing the lead. She sung the backup. song so much and I love that you picked it I snuck it into an episode of Karen and Ellen just like I pictured Karen and Ellen spinning around their living room arm in arm singing this and probably breaking something in the process Um, and it made now that's all I picture every time I hear it but I think the bangles for the most part had held up really well through the years like even though it definitely sounds like the 80s I think if this was released today it would still be a hit Oh, yeah, especially if it was by a current pop star. I think it'd go over really well. Oh, for sure. Didn't that get released? 
Didn't the Tom McKitton do it in like the two thousands? They did too. Really? They did. I yes. thought so. I thought I'm so because sure like. For the longest time, I didn't even know it was the Bengals because I was the Atomic Kitten generation. <laughs> don't shame me. Edit that out, Josh. Okay. No, sure. don't. Don't edit it out. <laughs> well, I, I'd like to also add that Susanna Hoffs, the lead singer, is 58 years old now. Still looks pretty good. Really? I... Yeah, Susanna <laughs> Hoffs has held up quite well. I mean, I'm not. Did you just Google that? <laughs> I was going to say, I'm not. Often... This entire show is just going to be Ellie Googling. <laughs> <laughs> they were on Gilmore Girls once. The Bengals were? Yes, the Bengals. Yes, yes, yes. Season two, they all went to New York to see a Bengals concert. So, like, they were still relevant in, like, 2006. Yeah, there's a picture that's of her from amazing. from 2016. Yeah, that's last year, and yeah, she looks pretty good. She looks better now than she did back then. I mean, now I love how that you guys are just all googling and absolutely <laughs> like, I saw her ten years ago on the Gilmore Girls. It's fine. Jess <laughs> <laughs> is already Jess is already over it. Oh my god, she looks great. I know, right? Yeah, she's short. Oh yeah, she's not tall. Yeah, she's not tall at all. I think she she rivals uh, Prince and Shania Twain for being shortest pop star. <laughs> You're full of random facts. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 Prince died a year or two ago, so he's really short. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> oh, that's terrible. It's a pillar of ashes. <laughs> too too soon? Is that too soon? Um, We've all gone quiet. <laughs> I, I think so. I, th- I think judging by the the response, <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, he just died, and I love Prince. (laughs) Um, Well, on on that note, Jess, why don't you move us along? Okay, I shall move us along. song I picked is Gutter Black by Hello Sailor, which is a New Zealand band. And the song was released in 1977, I think, so way before I even existed. But the song was the theme song to a TV show here called Outrageous Fortune. And it came out when I was sort of becoming an adult. It was the first sort of like grown-up TV show I watched. Like they did adult things like have sex on that show. And Oh, and it just was they did it was shocking for me um, and it was just a TV show that the first TV show I've ever watched that actually represented part of what it's like to live in New Zealand I 
and for me that's always stayed with me and I don't want to get like too emotional but like when you grow up watching American TV shows and Ellie you'll probably have a little bit of a relating to this you kind of you don't see yourself or what you know portrayed on TV so this was the first time and like my family it's about a family of like drug dealers no they're not drug dealers criminals like they steal stuff so it's not like relatable in that way but like the references and where it's set was like down the road from my house so it was just something that I could connect with at a time in my life when there wasn't really anything else for me to connect with so that's why I picked the song it is still my favorite song I listened to it about seven times last night because I was preparing for the episode (laughs) yes that's really interesting that that's your first favorite song it is my favorite song I love it there's nothing wrong with it although you guys might have a different opinion (laughs) <laughs> no, I don't. As a matter of fact, until the show, I'd, I'd never, I'd never heard of him before. Yeah, I, I hadn't either. Yeah, you, sorry, you weed, you weed kiwis. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> you like, yeah, I agree. We've, we've sparked a civil war on the show. Australia and New Zealand already hate each other. It's okay. Yeah, give us back our horse and our dessert. Your what? <laughs> dessert. They stole our racehorse. And they stole Pavlova. Give it back. I understand that Pavlova. <laughs> but they, they stole a racehorse? <laughs> there was a racehorse like ages ago. Like, we're still not over it. 1930, was like, in... it? Yeah, like, we're not going to get over it. Um, and it was like born and bred in New Zealand. And as soon as it won the race, all of a sudden it was an Australian racehorse. And then someone poisoned it and it died, so that's cheering. Heathens. You guys are always accusing us of stealing your stuff, though. It's not true. We made a whole TV ad about it, actually. It was quite funny. I'll send you the link. Oh, really? (laughs) You said I made a whole TV ad? Yeah. It was about, um, it was an insurance ad, and it's about people, like, always stealing your stuff. And it was like, Australia stole all this stuff, and it, like, lists it off, and then it's like insurance get it i love your story about like not relating to anyone on tv because it was all american and then even though it it sounds like the show um was not really relatable in terms of the characters or story like i get that because when i was a kid like there were no you didn't see gay people on tv and the gays like the Mm. first gays we got were like will and grace and queer eye for the straight guy and i was like i I don't relate to these gays at all, but I'll take what I can get. So <laughs> I love that and relate. I w- hey, hey, not not to not to force us back on topic, but I, I would say, Jess, the song, the song that you picked. <laughs> we, 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 totally, we haven't talked about the song at all. <laughs> it's a good song. It's fine. That's what I was getting at. Is is that I'm listening to your song? It's a terrific song. It is. I, I really I, liked it. I com- I completely understand why you like it. I, I will say so the first few chords, well, now, now that I know that it came out in 77, I guess Liz Fair stole them from Gutter or Hello Sailor, but the first few chords are the same chords from Liz Fair's Johnny Sunshine. Is that right? Yeah. And, and so like the last few days when this would come on, even though I was like playing just this playlist, I kept thinking it was Liz Fair every single time, and then I'd get like briefly disappointed, and then I would hear the song and be like, "No, this is good." And it feels <laughs> so ahead of its time because it sounds like a song from the late '90s. Oh yeah, right. if you told me if you told me that the Killers did this song, I'd be like, "Sure, mm-hmm. I believe it." Or like, not? Big Head Todd and the Monsters—that's what it sounded like to me. 
That's even better. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, Jessup, for some reason, this was a contest. So far, I think you have the best song. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I'm happy with it. I like winning. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I'd say, I'd say you're winning. So you're, you're the leader in the clubhouse so far. No, no doubt about it. I, I loved it, but my vote's going for, for Allie. Yes. <laughs> in your face, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to pretend I'm heartbroken for a minute and sip some wine. It'll be fine. <laughs> Nowhere my vote is not going. Um, Chris, why don't you cue up your song? <laughs> what? <laughs> That's the most insulting segue you could possibly come up with, and I'm offended. I'm, you know what? You know what? I'm, I'm walking off the show, and you're going to have to talk about Queen of Hearts on your own. All right, fine. So I'll try to recover from that early embarrassment. Okay, so do you want a little background on this song? I'm dying. Not really. Okay. Wow. This has become a very chilly place. This has become a chilly place. I thought we were in the trust tree. Are we not in the trust tree? No. So, so here's here's why I chose here's why I chose Queen of Hearts by Juice Newton. First of all, have had you guys heard of this song before we? Yes, I had. Okay, I had heard it, but I didn't know that that's what the song was. Like, I was like, "What on earth is this?" And I played it. I'm like, "Oh, yeah." Right. Right. Okay. So. So back back in those days, and this is the early '80s. This song came out in 1981. I made a lot of trips to Musicland at the at the local mall. I don't know if you guys ever, I don't, Josh, if you ever shopped at a Musicland. Oh yeah, you made up. And so while, while cassettes were becoming a bit more popular around this time, we were still buying mostly vinyl, and singles cost a little more than a dollar, and we called them 45s because that was the speed at which you played them on your record player. They were we just called singles 45s. And as a seven-year-old, Queen of Hearts by Juice Newton was one of the first songs that kind of grabbed me. And so a little background on the song, you know, Queen of Hearts was was considered country pop at the time. 
but it wasn't originally a Juice Newton song. It was written by a guy named Hank DeVito, who was the pedal steel guitarist in Emmylou Harris's backing band called The Hot Band, which I've never heard of. I mean, I've certainly heard of Emmylou Harris. You know, she's been around music for decades. I'd never heard of her backup band, but that's the guy that wrote the song. It was, it was recorded the first time by a guy named Dave Edmonds, who was actually uh, a Welsh musician. He was, he was from Wales. And he recorded it in 1979 and put it on his album. And then th- it actually reached number 11. It actually reached 11 on the charts in the UK, but didn't chart anywhere outside of that area. And so a year later, it was it was on a Rodney Kroll album, who I've never I don't I know almost nothing about Rodney Kroll. And then the year after that, in 1981, is when Juice Newton put it on on her album, on her first album. And so that that's kind of how the song came to be known as a Juice Newton hit, which it had phenomenal success after after she recorded it. <laughs> we're, all, we're all speechless. That was a lot of information about one song. I feel like I've been educated. Yes. So so now you know everything you didn't want to know about the song Queen of Hearts by Juice Newton. I don't think I've ever seen the video clip, the music clip for it, and um, it's weird. The woman pushing the kid on the swing and it's just weird. I just felt like the music clip, they were trying to do a lot of things in three and a half minutes or however long the song was. (laughs) And they probably should have just picked a theme, but which which <laughs> theme they picked, I'm not sure it would have worked either. Sorry. Did you realize that it got to number two on the Billboard Hot 100? <laughs> it's not an unpleasant song to listen to. It was catchy enough. I could I could see it getting to like a high position on a chart, but it's not a song I would seek out on a Friday night type of thing. I have nothing against Juice Newton. Um, my adverse reaction is because I had this boyfriend who went through a Juice Newton phase that lasted. Oh, that's a shame. That lasted a year, <laughs> um, and it was just Juice Newton all day, every day for 365 days. This was in 2005, like which was a really great year for music and. Um, I would just be like, is this really what you want to do with your life, is just sit around listening to Deuce Newton all day? Like, Rilo Kiley just came out with this great album, or, like, the Postal Service just came out, and no, no, Deuce Newton? Okay, all right. Um, so Yeah, con- considering you could make the argument that Juice Newton, based off of just this song, was a one-hit wonder... I'm not sure how you could actually go through a Juice Newton phase. Yeah, that, that's not even that's not even something I would believe exists. Yeah, no, it does. Um, so yeah, my my reaction is merely because this song gave me like the year of Juice Newton PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> well, for for the record, I submitted three songs to you for this episode, and you actually chose it. You, this was you could have the first one you submitted. I wasn't going to pick and choose. <laughs> but I sent you. I sent you three. We could have done. You could have done the 1978 hit "Convoy" from the TV show for the movie. <laughs> so, to, so to be fair, uh, Josh endorsed this selection. <laughs> also, just just to pile on from my own perspective, Juice Newton won a Grammy for Best Female Vocalist in 1982. Oh, I totally believe it. I actually, there's another song, and I can't think of it now, probably because I've blocked it from my memory. But there was another song that I liked a lot better that I actually I thought was a great song, and it was I, it was a single. I can't remember what it was. Well, I was listening to it. I like thought she actually was a really good singer, or as I assume she's still with us. Um, 
so she's a really good singer, so it doesn't surprise me that she won an award. I don't. Oh, I didn't do as much googling as um, as Toph did about it, honestly. <laughs> well, not, not only is she still with us, but earlier this afternoon, in preparation for the episode, I sent her a Twitter a Twitter message inviting her onto my show. I saw that. I hope she responds. Well, well, Tone Loke hasn't responded yet, so I don't know if Juice Newton will. Mm. I mean, I don't know what else she's doing these days. I know she's probably not recording. Maybe she's singing on a cruise somewhere. Um, she she did she totally... did provide a song she provided a song for the movie Deadpool last year. Shut up! Oh. A, a new one? Uh, I'm not kidding. Yes, uh, I'm not going to say it was a new one. I don't, I don't. I'm not sure about that. But but she there was a there was a tweet from a year ago where she where she was so excited to contribute to the movie Deadpool. How, so how's that for relevant, Josh? You got me. <laughs> in in your face, Juice Newton haters. And. She's clearly a lot more relevant than my next pick, which I um, am well aware of is fully mockable. Um, when I was eight... I love this song. I, I sing it in the car. I actually put it on in the car and I sing it really loud. <laughs> out when I was eight and it was love at first listen I was at a water park and I literally stopped dead in my tracks because they were playing this video on like a giant video screen and I was like the wave pool can <laughs> wait this is this is Wilson Phillips is changing my world right now so I'm just gonna sit here with the annoyed moms and watch this and I it just like it was the first time I was like music this is for me which is so sad because it's Wilson Phillips but it was both <laughs> My first cassette and my first CD. Um, so it was a very enduring love. And whenever I hear it now, I say that like it comes on all the time. Um, but like when <laughs> on occasion I hear it, all I can think of is how sad that in the video they made a poor chubby Carney Wilson wear a black pantsuit on the beach um, while the other two were in like cute swimsuits. Um, so that makes me sad. But... She did have her revenge because she's now the only one who's still marginally relevant. Break free, break from the chain. 
I, I don't want to brush past the the fact that it sounds like you might have bought this album on two different formats. No, no, that's that's very accurate. <laughs> so at, so at prices back then, you you may have as much as thirty dollars invested in this music. Oh, at least. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. I like to think that I contributed to at least one of Carney Wilson's gastric bypass surgeries. I was going to say one of her all-you-can-eat buffets. Well, I, I, as I said, like Carney's Revenge, I, that like I was like, oh, that sounds like a movie or like a dish at Taco Bell, <laughs> or, or, or a stomach ailment <laughs> from a dish at Taco Bell. <laughs> wasn't wasn't Wilson Phillips relevant about the same time as Ace of Base, or was that a different time? Uh, Ace of Base was like the later years of Wilson Phillips rel- relevancy. Relevance. So, so right as we were right as we were, we were losing Wilson Phillips, we were granted Ace of Base. <laughs> yeah, that was a sh- sh- shitty trade. Thank, thank goodness. <laughs> thank goodness. Uh, <laughs> so the first time that I realized that the song was the song and the person who sung it, Carney Wilson, was that person was I was watching okay, no judgment. I was watching Hollywood Medium because basically my TV doesn't leave Bravo channel. I don't know if it's called Bravo over there. It is. Is it the same channel? Yeah, okay. So my TV is never off Bravo, and I'm okay with that. So I was watching Hollywood Medium, and she came on, and she was being interviewed and all the rest of it. And afterwards, like, I always Google to find out who these people are because I have no idea. And I was like, oh, that's the song. Like, it's on at the mall and stuff. And that's my first experience with that song. (laughs) She was also on another Bravo show recently, which is my safe place. I love Bravo. Um, she was on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills shilling cupcakes. So she now makes, um, they're not diet cupcakes, but the, she calls them, it's something like, they're so small you could never gain weight, I think is her tagline, but they're like like cupcakes the size of quarters. <laughs> I could. I'm good at that. <laughs> but see, I could, I, I'm sure I could gain weight. I just, I just ate like 50 of them. Exactly. Are we still talking? Are we still talking about Carney Wilson? Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> S- selling cupcakes that won't allow you to gain weight. <laughs> but we can retire Carney and move on to Belinda. Yes. So my next pick is "Heaven Is a Place on Earth" by Belinda Carlisle. came out I think it was late 80s but um, I used to do ballet and jazz and all these different types of dancing and it was our first song I'd ever danced to I just loved it our costume was like this bright it was so ugly it was bright blue satiny it was just ugly but I just love that song like I still love it now 
Yeah, that, that was a huge hit when I was in the seventh grade, actually. I think we had to sing it at singing assemblies at school. Um, assembly at school? Yeah, Why like were you we singing like, that at school? I don't know. We sung some <laughs> random shit, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I feel like that's when I first heard it, like we, like we were forced to sing like random stuff at school. It rings a bell, but I, I've definitely, definitely heard it, and it's a bit of a character. Bit of a karaoke song, at least like that little bit. Oh, for like, sure. Oh, heaven is a place on earth. Not that I go to karaoke <laughs> regularly, but Josh, there's going to be a lot of editing from my track. Okay. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I would have I would have never thought that this is a great song, but it, I I wasn't aware or I wouldn't have thought this was a song that other artists would have covered. But it's actually been covered twice. Really? It was, it was covered in 1996 by Nikki French, and then it was covered in 2005 by Ultra Flirt. Oh, my favorite band. band! Never heard of them. I haven't either, but no, it's been neither. it's been covered every decade since it's been out. clip for it is a bit creepy too with the kids in the black capes and the yes it's a bit dark it just reminds me of driving around with my mom she had this like shitty Datsun and I I think I was like six when this came out so she was probably like 24 25 and we would roll down the windows and blast this and sing really really loudly as we drove around town and as I'm saying this um I'm starting to wonder if homosexuality could possibly be nurture versus nature. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. All the songs you could be blasting and singing loud, it's that song. (laughs) Yeah, you're not going to scare anybody if you're blasting that at your window. (laughs) No. (laughs) Like, if you're, say, you and your mom are driving around playing East Coast rap really loudly, like, that's going to intimidate people. That's going to intimidate people, but not pull into Carlisle. me um speaking of being a really gay little kid um (laughs) i was obsessed with mariah carey when she first came out (laughs) but it was a different mariah carey than the one we know today it was she was just like a sweet hairdresser from the bronx with curly hair and a dream and a beautiful voice and then um just like drugs and bad decisions changed her but i i um 
I just remember listening to this and trying to do all the dance moves from the music video and I had, um, I was at my grandparents and had my head, like my Walkman on and I was like dancing around their living room singing and my grandfather snuck up behind me and like grabbed me and screamed at me and it scared the shit out of me and then he just like showed me that he, like he had a tape recorder in his hand and he had been taping me while I was singing my little heart out. everyone when I say that we need to see that. Well, it wasn't, it was a, it wasn't a video, yeah. it was audio, but uh, he has since passed and I don't know what happened to it, but I'm sure someone somewhere like was like, Ooh, what's this? And played it and was like, who's this, <laughs> who's this woman? <laughs> it's, it's like your, it's, it's your version of um, Karen and Ellen letters. It, it, it is. The Josh Hallmark tape. <laughs> There's a podcast. Someday someone's right gonna now. make a podcast all about that. <laughs> Well, the, the song Someday by Mariah Carey was on her on her debut album, right? Oh, yeah. That was her very first album. So so when you watch the video, this is vintage, you know, early Mariah Carey. Oh, and there's she's no, her, There's no question. And she's her gorgeous. Her hair is so big. Yes. And, and I, I probably haven't heard this song since it came out, but, I, but I'm watching the video and I remember. I mean, it, it brings back all these memories. So like the little girl that's in the video and... And I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not listening to it. I'm just watching. But it's it, the whole video takes place in some in a school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got these weird these weird segues into bas- like basketball scenes where they're playing basketball. Also, also this version of the video has 3.4 million views on YouTube. I think it was no. Love takes time was her first single. This must have been her second single. So that makes sense. That's the one Mariah Carey song. I don't. I think I didn't know. I, I've never heard that song before. Yeah, neither. I was listening to it in the car last night, and I just went, "I've never, I've genuinely never heard the song no. or seen the video." And I was not like a Mariah Carey girl. I completely missed that stage of my life. But I had never seen it or heard it, and it makes me wonder if it was like even released here because quite often, like people's early stuff wasn't, especially like in the nineties and stuff. So. I'm wondering if it was if it was even ever released here, which would make sense why I hadn't seen it. 
Well, to, to give you a point of reference, you know, to, to her two other songs that were far more popular, Dream Lover and Fantasy. Dream Lover's got 16 million views on YouTube and, and Fantasy's got 33 million. Ah, there you go. I'm trying yeah. to think. Oh, the next album was Emotions. So Dream Lover was probably like five or six years after this. Yeah, yeah, where she, where she really came to her own and, and it gained a lot of popularity. Yeah, it's when she married her manager. Tommy Matola. Yeah, who was like 25 years older than her. Uh, and the head of Sony at the time, so that was a good, that was a good career move. <laughs> she married up for herself. Literally, yeah, it was a strategic partnership, as they might say. So Sunday was actually the third single of Mariah. Oh, really? According to, according to the very accurate Wikipedia. What were the first two? Yeah, Ellie, what were the first two? <laughs> Don't ask me that. You're not supposed to ask follow-up questions. I would guess Vision of Love and Love Takes Time. It was Love Takes Time was her first single and I Don't Want to Cry was her second single. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, her third. Yeah, so so when Love Takes Time was first and then Someday and then I Don't Want to Cry were the three singles off of her debut album. I'm looking at it where it was released. I don't think it was released in Australia or New Zealand looking at this. Well, that would make sense. Cause I, yeah, because I was watching it, I'm just like... I genuinely like, usually I can at least listen to a little bit and think, oh, yeah, I might have heard that once, but I genuinely don't think I've ever heard it. You should. I, I was no, it made it made 15 on the charts in New Zealand. Oh, and the top it? 50 oh, in I Australia. Was, oh. I was probably not paying attention that day. Well, you were only one. On that day. Because <laughs> I was eight when this came out. When was it? 1998. Yeah, I was like, I was... Busy being one. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jess, Jess was busy learning how to walk. <laughs> I probably was actually. It's fairly accurate. Sitting in pee you, you and can't, babbling you can't to listen, herself. You can't listen to Mariah Carey and walk. <laughs> <laughs> no. Neither can I Mariah. Multitasking then. Yeah, J- Jess wanted to, to want to learn how to walk as quickly as possible so she could move on to dancing to Mariah Carey, which just came a couple months later. <laughs> I will say, I'm not confirming nor denying. <laughs> I did just listen today to this entire album for the first time in probably 20 years, and it's not bad. Like, she had a beautiful voice back then. I'm re-watching the video in the background with the sound off, and I completely miss the fact that this was all taking place, place in a school. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it's all in the, like, I was just watching along, and I'm like, oh, yeah, there's people dancing, that's nice. And now I'm re-watching it, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> isn't that a I'm big part of the clip <laughs> yeah <laughs> obviously I'm not very visually observant um, and maybe maybe I was distracted by the hair there's a lot of it there is a there's lot. a lot of hair that was well the hair takes up 80% of the screen and then the rest of it <laughs> <Yeah. is the laughs> face. I was just thinking like her outfit is something that you see in Brooklyn all the time now and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It was just an observation. I like the style of jeans. You could you could always date a, a period of time by jeans. Yeah, like they're almost mom jeans. I was going to say mom jeans. But they're in fashion now. Everyone is wearing them. Are you saying that mom jeans are coming back? Yeah. They're already back. They're, here, they're, they're in. They're fashionable, apparently. They're ugly, huh. though. They're terrible. I hate mom jeans. I hate that they're back. Aren't they comfortable, though? <laughs> I can't say that I've worn mom jeans, but 
we'll send you some and you can try them and let us know. Perfect. That, you, have to, the... you have to pay them for Rubicon. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh my gosh, that can be part of the official uniform. Um, no. Everybody wears mom jeans. <laughs> All of a sudden, Ellie's like, I'm busy. <laughs> I'm not going to be that weekend, man. <laughs> when I saw you in Verona, you sat down, I moved over. Pretty people, but all I saw was you. And yes, it's you I'm raiding. Forget the boy you're dating. In my opinion, he isn't right for you. Jess, I am so interested to hear what you have to say about this next song. Okay, I knew I'd get judgment, and I'm okay with it. So, my next song is called Verona by a band called LMNOP, and I actually almost didn't put this in because I was worried about judgment, but it was genuinely my first favourite song. Okay, so it was released in 2003, and it's all bad singing, lots of guitars, <laughs> lots of drums, and it really spoke to my angsty teenage self, as did the entirety of the album, which I could probably still sing every single song word for word right now. LMNOP were my first concert when I was 13. I have seen them in concert five times since then and I love them and you can judge me and I'm okay with it. Discuss. <laughs> Discuss. <laughs> hey Jess, can I say this just to kick things sure. off? Yeah, go for it. Y you've been the most apologetic but have the least reason to be apologetic. See, I think I think most your songs are really I cool wish, though. I wish this was like a visual thing because the look on Josh's face right now was like, really? <laughs> um, I will also mention again, I've picked a New Zealand band because, you know, represent. And this song was written about a cafe on um K Road in Auckland called Verona, and it's actually where the lead singer met his wife. So that's quite nice. And that's Aww. what the song's about. Well, I'm glad yeah. something good came out of the song. Um. <laughs> wow. I, would, I wouldn't imagine that, that. If you asked me what I thought the song was about, I wouldn't have guessed that. <laughs> yeah. This doesn't scream yeah. love song to you, Allie? <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> it's very deep. It's very deep. 
even the even the music clip doesn't it's not very romantic. Yeah. Or, yeah, they've all got like icicles hanging from like their hair and stuff. It's awesome. It's artistic. And the band looks a little so, bit <laughs> like Green Day and Evanescence had a baby and then threw it in a dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow! Oh my god! That that's that's shocking and accurate. <laughs> no, I, I, mean, I don't I don't I don't like the song nearly as much as the gutter black or, or gutter black. But um, mm. but in terms of should I be embarrassed about liking the song, especially as your first song? Because how how old were you? Oh, you oh, were like, like six. Early, early. <laughs> oh no, not that young. Like early teens. I couldn't. I can't remember what like I liked when I was six. So you guys got like. <laughs> The ones I can remember. Okay, well, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, please, I, any anything before the age of fifteen or sixteen, like you're just you're brain damaged anyway, so you can't, like, you've got that built-in excuse. Yeah, brain yeah, damage. Basically. Yes, I think all teenagers are brain damaged. I'm just gonna smile and nod politely. <laughs> <laughs> so. All I actually wrote in my notes was, so, this is what New Zealand has to offer, huh? <laughs> we, we, definitely, we definitely didn't try to take that. <laughs> no. No. Keep that in Russell Crowe. Like, you should no, have tried to poison Russell it, though. Crow. I, don't, I don't want Russell Crowe. You can keep No, me. nobody wants Russell Crowe. <laughs> <laughs> just in the middle of an ocean somewhere. With <laughs> LMNOP. We keep pushing him back and forth like a big game of ping pong <laughs> on a raft. Um, yes, this is what New Zealand has to offer or had to offer in 2003 when it came out. Want to fight about it? <laughs> we'll, we'll I think it for out. a population of like 4 million people, you've got to just take what you can get. And, and 10 million sheep. I could say this, that the guy playing drums looks like a drunk guy behind a butcher shop counter. He does. He look. He looks like the uncle at the party that's having too many beers. There's Smash Mouth. Yeah, I can play the drums. <laughs> yes, yes, he's the lead singer from Smash Mouth. Plus, plus, <laughs> plus seventy-five pounds. Oh god! I, just, I really like the fact that this band was like, yeah, we don't look like we're supposed to be playing music, and we don't look like what you want a band to look like, but we don't care. We're having fun and we're playing. And I think they got back together again recently because they broke up for a little bit because they all got busy and had families and stuff. And then they got back together. So they're still like making music and stuff. I mean, their new oh, stuff's not pretty good, but still. What do they look like now? Do they look the same? Yeah, just a bit older with wrinkles and gray hairs and stuff. But the, the, the drummer already has gray hair. <laughs> well, <laughs> he got more. <laughs> I wonder Anyone what, else want to rag on my song? No, I just wonder, like, if they're still releasing music, where are they releasing it? Are they playing, like, on a corner somewhere? Coffee shops? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're playing acoustic versions of their 2003 hits <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the corner of a coffee shop. They're opening they for, for Juice Newton. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they're opening for Olivia Newton-John. Oh, yeah. Oh! Yes, they are back together. Hang on a second, <laughs> she, she says with such glee. <laughs> yes. She's going to leave they the play, show right now and go get tickets. They played at Homegrown, which is in like 
March, so I missed it. And it's like right down the road from where I live, so I have no excuse except the tickets are like two hundred bucks, so no thanks. Wait, um, wait, I'm sorry. What? They want people to pay two hundred dollars to see this it's band. It's a huge festival. Like okay. it's, it's a huge. It's like it's like a big festival. There's lots and lots and lots of bands. When I went to go see them, I think I paid ten dollars. That is nine dollars too much but do you think there's a discount if you go on the day that they're playing shut up it says, um, it says they were they were, hit, they were headlining how are they the headliners they probably were the headliners in like the throwback section because there's like five <laughs> stages like it's big it's like big day out but i'd just like to say that one of the people the lead singer is actually in your neck of the woods josh really He's the front man of a Brooklyn-based folk group. Oh. What's what's it called? So I know never to go to a bar that they're playing at. You lie. You'll, you'll, you'll be you'll be going out. there. No, I will. I you'll will be go. So going there. <laughs> how, how did he how did he go from this style of music to to playing folk in Brooklyn? Folk. <laughs> apparently he's he's I, gotten smart with age. <laughs> that's 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 quite a musical pivot. Well, Chris, do you want to close us out? Okay, so I'll, I'll finish up with this. My, my second song is Centerfold by the Jay Giles Band. This song also comes with a story, except this story has a tragic end, and this is what happened. So I laugh. <laughs> tragic. You say tragic end and just laugh. <laughs> So this was another trip to Musicland and another investment of a, of a buck twenty nine uh, and a vinyl copy of the single. Uh, it was it was actually out just a few months after Queen of Hearts. It was in uh, it debuted in late nineteen eighty one. I think even at the age of seven, I at least partially understood that the subject matter was risque and not appropriate for my age. But it was such an, an incredibly catchy song that I had to have it. And so here's what happened. So I, I bought it. I took it home. I got out the small yellow adapter that you had to snap into the center of your 45 records so they'd play on the turntable. I don't know if any of you guys know what that is. You had to put a little... It came, it came with a bigger hole in the middle of the record that yes. you had to put an adapter in. 
Josh remembers. And so I put the needle down and it began to play. And I don't think I made it more than 30 seconds into the three minute and 36 second song before my dad comes in, hastily takes it off the turntable and right in front of me, he snaps the record in half and throws it away. I know. Yes. And he said something, and I, I don't I don't remember what it exactly said, but I got the message with, with the demonstration. <laughs> and I specifically remember being disappointed that I was like, hey, I spent a dollar thirty of my own money on that. Because at the time, you know, I was probably making like two bucks a week allowance, you know, doing work around the house. I was like, that's a week or two of work that you just broke in half. But I was seven and I didn't say that. But that I remember that being my disappointment, my emotion, aside from the fact that he had just broken the record of this great song that I discovered at the age of seven. <laughs> Which is so strange to me because it's, I mean, it, it is risque for seven, but like in a way where a seven-year-old wouldn't know what it was about. It's not like it was, I don't know, like Papa Don't Preach. Well, you know, and, that, and that's the thing, because now I'm a parent of small children and, and my son is five and I've got another son that's three. But I'm a little more, uh, I, th- I think a little bit more about that. I'm like, they don't know. Like, like in, fa- in fact, I played this in the car today. Uh, they were, you know, before they headed out of town. And because uh, I'm always playing new music, new music for them because I'm a huge music fan. And I want to pass that on to my children. And, and they, they only hear the music. They don't know what it means. And they yeah. loved it. Like, they love the music. I, so I was Googling this one. And I, this is such, it's a very bizarre, random piece of trivia. But. This single was released in 1977 for the album that came out in 1981. I don't think that's right. Did you cross-reference that? No. No, of course not. I think, I, I... <laughs> Did you check something besides Wikipedia? No. <laughs> Who has time Wikipedia for that? Wikipedia is always right, please. <laughs> you know what, jo- Josh, I-, I noticed that too. And, and the, the article in a Wikipedia says 1981. And then if you look at any other side on the Internet, it also says 1981. So somebody's put a typo in the right-hand column on the, for the song, because okay. I noticed that, too. Okay. Yeah, so that, that, that's the explanation for that, actually. Oh, I but, liked but here, it better before, <laughs> before I knew the truth. <laughs> well, here's, here's some other interesting things about this band, because they were, they were around. Um, they formed in the late 60s, actually. And they were, a, they were a blues rock, kind of a country rock blues rock band or actually actually it was described as R&B and blues rock which meant something different back then than it does today but if you go back and look at their list of albums or you go on iTunes you'll find a, a greatest hits album in 1979 which is 2 years before this song came out so from 68 to 79 that was an 11 year period where they existed and so they already had enough material for greatest hits if you listen to any of the songs which I did I went through that album today it sounds nothing like this song and I came across some information, it might have been on Wikipedia, where this song or this album, which also featured the song Freeze Frame, which is very popular at the time, not overseas, but in America, uh, this album represented a significant pivot from, from the way that, so everybody knew this band as this one sound, and they made a sharp left turn. So if you listen to Freeze Frame or Centerfold, it's kind of this synth-based, kind of eight early 80s pop that we all know of. Like it's, it is, this is quintessential 80s music, right? Oh, yeah. It kind of defines, mm-hmm. it defines the decade, like Duran Duran or, or you know, whatever, these types of bands. Well, a- everything leading up to this was completely different. And, and they, but they didn't experience any mainstream success until this album and these songs came out. So they sold out. Essentially, yes. Yes. And, 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 the, and the funny thing is, is that, okay, so here, here's a couple more facts about the Jay Giles band. 
you would assume, if you don't know much about them, that Jay Giles is the lead singer, right? Yeah. Mm, but he, yeah. but he's not. Jay Giles is the guitar player. Peter Wolf is the lead singer and the front man for the band. Yeah, which which is not completely uncommon, but it's rare. It's very obviously usually the front man is if you're going to name it the so and so's band. It's the guy mm. at the microphone at the center stage, but not for the Jay Giles band. Well, th- your story is really interesting because Jay Giles band does not sound like a new wave band, but it totally does sound like like, like a an, blues rock band. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When I first clicked through to watch the YouTube thing, and I was like, I was expecting like a country music band. I was not expecting what I heard at all because I hadn't, I had heard the song again. I'd heard the song, but not connected that that's who it was by. And I'd never seen the video before. So yeah, I was really not expecting what I got, but I was pleasantly surprised. It was a good song. It's really catchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it was huge at the time. I mean, it's gigantic. Yeah. It's a kind of song that you can't help but sing along to. Totally. Yep. And, and then what's interesting is that uh, I think two years later, two years later, uh, Peter Wolf, the front man, after being with the band for 15 years, left to uh, after, after the song hit. So, so so he was only around two years after this happened. And then he left to go pursue a solo career, which I've never heard of anything by Peter Wolf. Uh, and then and then so so that one of the other guys in the band sang on their on their last album. Then they broke up in 1985. So they were they were only around for four years after after they'd experienced the most success they'd ever had in almost twenty years. That's so sad. I know how about that, but I mean, I, I would imagine they've made a ton of money off after, you know ever since then off just this one song. <laughs> Sad, sadly, I think I think Jay Giles himself died at the age of seventy or something last year. So I did not that reach out sad. to him on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could, I'm, but <laughs> I am quite pleased about that. You probably wouldn't have gotten much back. Um, yeah, maybe I think not. you said you're pleased he was dead. No, I'm pleased you didn't reach out. <laughs> not pleased people are dead. I, that's what I thought at first, too. I was like, wow, that's rough. <laughs> <laughs> I can be harsh sometimes, but I'm not a bit. Um, I'm just Googling what he did after he left because this is the type of stuff I love. He did release a solo album. I'm sure it was wildly popular. He didn't get very far. There was a member of the band called Magic Dick. <laughs> that's that's correct. <laughs> that is awesome. It's only awesome if he actually has one, not that he's named that. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I mean, if that's your if that's your name, you better follow up with something pretty impressive. <laughs> he never pleased a woman after that. Um, <laughs> well, I'm gonna. And, <laughs> Instead of playing us out with Centerfold, which we will play, I think I'm going to play us out with whatever Magic Dick's biggest single is. Uh, <laughs> I, I think Magic Dick is a is a, a biggest is the biggest single. Okay, um, probably wasn't that big. Um, no, not no. Nobody, nobody was Magic. <laughs> it would have to be. Um, Thank you for joining me. I think you're all coming back in the near future, so I look forward to that. And yeah.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.